How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? This is, I think this is episode seven, bro. I don't know. I don't remember. But anyway, this is the Brother Hut, two ordinary brothers having ordinary conversations, you know. So welcome aboard. This That brother's name is Brother Brandon Bird. <laughs> yes. Hello to all our listeners out there. Podcast land. That brother's name is Vinny Carrasco. What's up? And we're happy to be with you all. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Brother Hut. I think it's episode seven, bro. I don't remember, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we got, we've been. I feel like it's been a long time since we did the last episode. We've done a lot. It has right? been a bit. It's been a. So just for your information, you've got uh, episode six on the cheat sheet that we're using for the flow. Oh, is that right? So, yeah. Okay, so it's episode six. All right. That's right. Yes, I make mistakes. World. <laughs> That's right. Don't we all? I do, man. Yeah. We We're all perfectly imperfect. Yeah, it was like that pecan pie, bro. That was Ooh, perfect. Yeah. Brandenburg made a pecan pie day. That was good. Dude, I just followed the recipe on the back of the jar. So you just go to the store, buy the dark carrot syrup, and the recipe's right there. Everything you got to do. I think that's it. it's probably the first back of the jar. Epi- I mean, back of the jar <laughs> recipe that was that good. I think. Yeah. I do add salt. That might be yeah, salt. We have one of those pink Himalaya salt shakers. I do four extra twists. Okay, four twists. I'm gonna share. With, I'm gonna tell that to my sister because every Thanksgiving she does like, you buy like the French onion. Uh, what do you call it? Like the fried oh, onion things, uh-huh. you know? And she like buy that, and on the back of that is this recipe for like a green yeah. bean casserole. Yeah. And every Thanksgiving when I was home, she uh-huh. would make that green bean casserole. Is it good? Um, <laughs> I mean, if she, if she's listening, yeah, it was great. <laughs> if you're not listening, try a different recipe. Sorry, I love you, Tiff. I love you. Shout out. <laughs> so, but yeah. Oh, man. But Thanksgiving's coming up, too, bro. I'm excited. That's the best time of the year, I think. It is a nice time. Yeah. I love All the food, the turkey. together and celebrate. Yeah. It's the best. Are you making a turkey this year? I don't think so. Why? Well, hopefully it'll be this guy. Oh, Alex, yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Alex, man, yeah. <laughs> well, tell yeah, us about your week, Benny. You were just on a little, you went out to the a river or lake somewhere or something? Oh, yeah, so I went, I went, um, well, that was this weekend. I went camping with a friend of mine, uh, Gustavo. Shout out to Goose. Um, yeah, we just went camping. It was it was out there, it was called Camp Huaco. So like Riverside, bro, like you set your tent up right there on the river and you just kind of hang out and we went kayaking and had the campfire everything. It was nice. So what did I do before that? I don't remember. But it was, it's been, yeah, it was pretty nice. I slept cool. on. <laughs> what about you? What did you do? Uh, uh, yeah. See, it's been that long, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, right. I don't really know what I, was I did. I just here living the dream. Yeah, getting ready for ordination, trying to get all those... Oh, that's right. Last minute details, everything in line. We just ordered the uh, prayer cards, memorial cards, or whatever. So that took a couple of days of discussion with Brother Donald. We're all getting holy cards. Some work with Monty. Uh, yes. Is there going to be your face on the holy card? It is. Yeah. Is it really? Uh huh. With the halo on top. Halo on top. Halo. <laughs> halo. Halo. No, there's no halo. It's actually a picture of St. Francis in the deacon, in the dogmatic. <laughs> And where he's holding Jesus, and there's like another friar there, and another friar behind him. So nice. It's kind of cool. So what was that process like? Like, how'd you pick that picture? Did you just like that, or what? Well, we uh, consulted a local expert named Google. 
I know that guy very much. Have you met him? Yeah, he's good. <laughs> Sorry, to know stuff. After our consultation with Google, um, yeah, just we picked some different stuff that we liked, and it's the one that uh, Brother Donald and I both agreed on. So nice. Yeah, I think it'll be nice. That'd be good. So yeah, once again, if you're if anybody's listening anywhere close to San Antonio, Texas, come on down this Saturday. This Saturday, 10 a.m. There's an ordination. Myself and Brother Donald and four other men from San Antonio, mm-hmm. and we're having a reception afterwards. So if you see us there, just follow the crowd. We'll Say what's up. Yeah. Everybody's invited. Nobody's expected. So, <laughs> but you are welcome. Come yeah. on down. Tamales, rice and beans, huh? Wow, yeah, okay. Sides, drinks, live music. There'll be live music. Is there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's you, brother. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> and the other guys. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Gonna, yeah, it'll be fun. Well, guys, so to uh, get moving on, we um, got a special... He's a co-host, because, right? <laughs> we got a special guest with us, man. Our, our uh, brother, very own brother, Alex... Alejandro Diaz, he just professed solemn profession September 27th, right, Don? 28th. 28th, yeah. 28th, so we're happy to have him with us and just to kind of introduce a little bit of the ministry that he does and a little bit of his uh, spirituality. And But yeah, man, so what's up, bro? How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Hello, everybody. Uh, I hope everybody is fine. Uh, yeah, happy yeah. to be here. Let's see what... We're all good. That's right. So, yeah, and you guys know it was Vocations Awareness Week. So we had it on Facebook for a little while. I was doing it, just uh, answering some questions, you know, that people might have about the life or the community or, you know, anything like that. It's just to kind of make vocations, I guess, more understandable for whoever's out there, you know. So, uh, yeah, I thought it would be a good idea to have Alex out here, you know, just to kind of introduce to us, you know, his vocation, his journey, and maybe a little bit of what his ministry has been like. So, but I don't know, I guess if there's one word that described the vocation in your life, what would you? <laughs> uh, it's in one word? That's three words, bro. No. <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I joined when I was very old, so it had been difficult to say yeah. vocation in one word. But I would say roller coaster. Uh, that, yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's up in the every day. It's getting closer. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean, to you, though? Roller coaster, like uh, just, it's you're along for the ride. Uh, it's up and down. It's up and down. Okay. I. I, I Discern for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't ready to make the commitment. I was afraid and I was excited mm-hmm. and I was indifferent and all those at all times. Okay. Yeah. Know, so. That sounds very familiar, man. <laughs> <laughs> what, you have a vocation too? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm still figuring that one out. No, I'm just like, But yeah. So where, where did you find the community? When you were young, or how did that like no, kind of unfold? No, not at all. Um, I do remember when I was eleven or twelve. Uh, that was the first call, and I was in Mexico. And uh, but after that, I forgot for many years. But then, yeah. whenever I I moved to Houston, Texas, and uh, after my conversion, I uh, became very active in the church, and and I was 
call to be a priest in 2007, mm -hmm. but I didn't join the, the order until, uh, until 2014. So that was seven years that I was discerning. I mean, but uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I wasn't discerning. Really, I was just trying to avoid things. You know, oh, I, yeah. I had other plans and I was hoping that the Lord would change his mind. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's right. And you're the traveling man, though. Like you go, you, did you do a lot of traveling before you entered the order? I, I you've did. Done all yeah, over I did. Place. Yeah, that's I cool. Did. As a matter of fact, I received the call in one of my travels. For real? One, one of my trips. Yeah. Talk about that. Can you on the plane? For real? Yeah. You're on the plane, like wow. uh, <laughs> well, you got hit some turbulence and was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll do it, Lord. <laughs> Just don't let me yeah. drop in that ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like crossing the ocean? No, where, yes. Yeah, can you talk about where you'd been? Was yeah, it, what happened? Or, you were on the way back or were you on the way no, there? No, um, as a matter of fact, I wanted to leave the church again. And I wanted to do a vacation and then come back and uh -huh. change mm -hmm. my phone number and everything disappear for a little while so I can <laughs> yeah. so I can fulfill my goals. But yeah. whenever I was flying on my first flight, I was connected in Paris and I heard in my heart you know like yeah. listen to my son's voice and mm. i got to my destination and um i had bought a lot of things to the for the trip because i was going to be in the desert yeah. everywhere and and, oh. and they lost everything uh the the airline and <sighs> what i was hearing during those the airline was giving That's me crazy. daily vouchers to buy clothes yeah and I could not find anything that fitted me in the whole city. And it was a 22 million uh, population, you know, and, and I was in the middle of everything, shops and everything, but I couldn't find anything that fitted me. So I started oh, hearing, like, leave everything behind and follow mm -hmm. me and leave everything behind and follow me. And like that kept coming. Yeah, you know? in, my, wow. in my heart. And yeah. Um, so I eventually, uh, almost at the end of my trip, I spent 21 days, 21 days there. I said, well, Lord, if it's really what I'm thinking that you're asking me to do, just give me this particular sign. And he did. Oh, so, I went back to so I went back to Houston. Dang! <laughs> I went back to Houston and... I just got goosebumps, bro. And uh, <laughs> I remember they had the vocation retreat at the Archdiocese in Galveston, Houston, and... Mm. And I went with my friends, and uh, I remember the day that I was leaving to the retreat, which was a Friday, I was in school, and uh, I always park in the same place, same the block. same spot, <laughs> and there was a car that always parked right next to me, yeah. and that was like for almost two and a half years, Oh wow! and I had never seen the sticker on, on the other car, on the, bump, the bumper sticker, and mm -hmm. it said... Are you looking for a sign? Consider this a sign. Consider priesthood. This is the sign. Oh, <laughs> and, wow, and that was in English, yeah. but I got really scared and afraid oh, and, and annoyed. And I, and I told the Lord, I remember, I said, you know what? This, I'm not going to take this into consideration because it's not in Spanish. It's not in Spanish. <laughs> I said, I want to see one of these in today Spanish. and then I will consider priesthood. So I went back home to get my stuff to go to a retreat. And, and I saw a pickup with license plate from Nuevo León, Mexico. Yeah. 
And I always get excited whenever I see Legends play from Mexico. Yeah, like, so I try to catch up with the pickup and everything, and they had the bump sticker in Spanish. The same, same one? Thing, oh. The same day. Yeah. Oh, so, man. Dang. Well, yeah, I think we're just going to end the episode. Right now. <laughs> I guess, you know, that's, that's all Careful you Careful what you ask the <laughs> Lord for, because that dude is like... Dang, <laughs> that is crazy, bro. Whoa, awesome. Holy cow. So what year was that? That was 2007. So then when did you how did you meet the Franciscan friars? I never thought about Franciscans at all. I mean, as a matter of fact, I, I was never a big fan of Francis or anything yeah. and all of that. Yeah. I wanted to either be diocesan or a charismatic community or something. Okay. Um but eventually I was uh, I'm a late vocation, so I joined the friars the friars whenever I was 38 and a year before, the my spiritual director for five years told me, uh, well, Alex, you have to make up your mind. Are you going to be a priest or not? Because a lot of communities don't mm-hmm. allow guys whenever they turn 40. Yeah. Uh, or you're going to get married or you're going to stay single. But you need to start mm-hmm. discerning that. And my parish sent me to Puebla, Mexico for a conference. And it was a group of us. And we were having dinner in the Zocalo, and I did not like homeless people before. Yeah. They were annoying and all that stuff. Anyways, so I had a very simple but deep experience with the homeless in Puebla in the Zocalo, in the restaurant. And uh, I don't know, I thought it was very weird. Like, I could only see Jesus in his face, and it was very profound for me. But anyways... The next day, we went to the opposite side of the city in the morning, and we were having breakfast, and the same homeless person came to me, and we had, we had a long conversation and everything, and I, after that, I, I told my spiritual director, I think the Lord is calling me to be a Franciscan for some reason. I, don't, I didn't know anything about Franciscans. You know? uh, I, I felt it, you know? Yeah. So I came back home to Houston, and... Uh, I did the vision survey or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah to figure out where you're... Which where was you're overwhelming because like 89 different <laughs> communities sent me emails, letters, phone oh, calls, everything. Really? Like I was like ready to give up. I'm like, man, I don't want to do all but, this. Like, <laughs> I got paperwork. No, my bed and my desk were full of letters oh, and my things. Goodness. And and I was really overwhelmed. And I said, well, I'm just going to focus on three or four. So I was the OFMs, the yeah. Capuchins, uh, the Missionaries of the Holy Spirit. And um, I was another community, the, the community of the Beatitudes. Um, oh, okay. And um, so I visited the OFMs and I <laughs> talked to some of the Beatitudes and, and the missionaries of the Holy Spirit never answered. I, I later <laughs> met uh, I later met uh, the, Why did you the, call the, back, the director and, and he apologized anyways. Uh, and some of them replied like eight years later. <gasps> oh, I got an email from one of those things that I had uh, requested information yeah. like a few months ago. Dang. So if you're if you're a vocation director, make sure you reply right away. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Vocation <laughs> directors get your stuff together, guys. No. But anyway, so I, I I arranged a visit with Deacon uh, Jim, with uh, the friars, and I went to visit. And to me, it was kind of like little signs here and there. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah. My grandfather, who was very important for me, his name was Conrado, and the province is in Conrad, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I was praying in St. Francis Friary, and because Dick and Jim left me there to pray for a little bit, and I was right next to a relic, and it was uh, St. Cayetan, and my great grandfather who died three days before me and always wanted to meet me, was Cayetano. And all these little things, wow. you know. And mm -hmm. I felt home. I really loved the ministries that the friars did and do, uh, especially the chapel at the mall in Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. and that was something that I was very interested to do in Houston with a friend of mine, uh, but in a flea market. Mm -hmm. So it was the same concept, but in a mall. And, wow. Um, all those little things. Yeah. Dang, well, that's, that's pretty... Neat. Wow. I'm I'm curious to like, cause like, in the beginning, like, how how was your spirituality before the friars compared to now? Did you notice any change where like you know you like you started to adapt, especially like in your travels? You know, like you know you you travel before the community and then you're Franciscan and then after you're a Franciscan you're traveling and then like did you start to notice the franciscan spirituality like start to happen or do you think that was always there you know what i mean or yeah it was awesome. it was uh very different it was a shock uh, because i I'm, i met the lord in the charismatic movement so obviously the prayer was very different although my personal prayer was always more quiet yeah. but uh coming from the charismatic movement and i remember um and I didn't play. I didn't pray in English mm -hmm. at all. Yeah, like I didn't know the math parts in English or anything. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so everything was new for me, and and uh, it was very frustrating because I could not enter into prayer uh, mm -hmm. for a long time in postulancy. Uh, yeah, but I kept asking the Lord, "Is it this that you really want me to do?" And uh, He's stubborn. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, God? That's a good way to say. <laughs> You hear that, Lord Jesus? He's <laughs> like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> and I have a great sense of humor. Yeah, I would be proud. I'm like, yeah, I'm stubborn. Yeah, that's me. But, <laughs> okay. I, but I have to say that the prayer is what made me stay. It's, it's a, I get a lot of community prayer. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't know. It's just. Very it, nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. And I, I was going to, I think. That would be maybe another question is like how, especially like in ministry now, because you talk about like the homeless, you know, like you're starting to, you know, go into that ministry, you know, uh, you do a lot of ministry, like different types of things. But how does that, you know, shape the charism that, that we have in the order and how does that affect like your ministry specifically, you know? One of the things that I learned in postulancy and is we had to do a lot of ministry with the homeless. And like I mentioned before, I oh, didn't yeah. like the homeless. Yeah. And whenever, just because I joined the order and I was a postulant, didn't mean that I liked the homeless automatically. Mm -hmm. I hated, and, and I'm sorry for saying this, but I hated <laughs> eating with them. Yeah. I, I'm a germophobic, and, and I hated that. I stopped eating in front of uh, in front of the homeless and everything. When we did the walks in downtown uh, Colorado Springs and everything, I was actually didn't want to engage in conversation with them. I was mm. present all the time, and this is very important for my understanding of the ministry. Yeah. Um, but I remember the last day that we did ministry with the homeless, we went to the soup kitchen, and there was this guy, 
and I was sitting somewhere uh, on the opposite table, not eating because I couldn't eat, but I was sitting with them. Mm. And he came to me and he was like, he gave me a hug and he said, thank you for everything you've done. Mm. He didn't know I was leaving. He didn't yeah. know it was the last day I was there and everything, but that hug mm -hmm. meant a lot to me. And, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my God, I mean, I was ready to leave the order because I felt like I hadn't done anything at all because I I didn't like the homeless and everything and just being present for them you know yeah. just being there with them meant a lot to them mm -hmm. and that changed everything with me like I'm very I enjoy uh, the ministry with the homeless unfortunately we don't do it often here mm -hmm. once a month only but you have opportunities to minister them whenever you're in the car or whatever mm -hmm. but uh, formal ministry we only do it once um, yeah but yeah that changed everything that how that that the homeless gave me it was very very profound for me and and it, I was ready to leave if it wasn't for that hug I would probably not be here oh wow man one hug can make a difference one hug can make a difference that's that's the a that's good difference or yeah. a bad difference yeah. Yeah. it's a good hug yeah. or a bad and like in that story it's like that guy wasn't looking to save your vocation yeah. he didn't have a clue you know he was just like being himself and letting his heart you know move and speak for him so yeah that's really cool yeah because like, I've learned too about like ministry of presence. Like I heard that phrase in the beginning or whatever, but um, and I, I thought it was, <clears throat> yeah, it really is just like being there as fully as you can in the moment. And if, yeah. if in that moment you're freaked out by the dirty hands and you can't eat, whatever, but you be the best you can and be attentive and like, because people notice like that, you know, whether yes, or not they're. Uh -huh trying very hard but yeah because i um when i started a ministry here in san antonio for the school it was like mm -hmm. uh, ministry of presence and i thought it was just to like sit there but then yeah it's like an active sitting there where i'm you know where i'm engaged i'm listening and i do have things to share whatever but um yeah because <laughs> it sounds you know in my head it was just like oh ministry of presence like i'm just gonna be there and do nothing but like it's, it's a lot. It's not. It takes, it's like, yeah, it it's an active, active. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, people notice and, you oh, know, like know. half of the, half of life is just showing up. Like, sure, you know, yeah. like prayer is that showing up. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like some days that's all you can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's cool. Thanks for sharing that. Dang. Yeah. Thank you, bro. We're happy to have you in the order. That's for uh, Yeah. You know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't hug. Yeah, we didn't hug. <laughs> they, they don't know that. It would not be a video on this segment. No, <laughs> but I was gonna get into that a little bit, if, uh, just because you talk about you know experiencing God like within the homeless, um, like, and I was gonna see we can go into you know in the last few minutes go into like the type of ministry that you have been doing in the in the past few years here and like you know, how you have experienced uh, God in, within that ministry that you've done, you know, let's talk about. Yeah, um, well, obviously, ministry with the homeless. Uh, I did prison ministry, which I enjoyed a lot. That was during Novitiate. I did it for one year, and mm. uh, you... You learn a lot from yeah. people who don't have the freedom, you know, and mm -hmm. 
and how free they, some of them are, even mm -hmm. if they're in jail. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also did ministry in the border in Matamoros, Mexico. Uh, I used to go once a month, mm -hmm. sometimes twice a month, mm -hmm. um, because of classes and schedules and all that stuff. I mean, it's a four-hour drive. I had to stop, but I did it for several semesters. Now, I do have permission now to start that again. I just need to meet with uh, my priest uh, in my hometown so, parish. Yeah. So and what kind of work was that? What are you doing uh, there? In, in Matamoros, it was, uh, they have, uh, I was staying in a convent with a sister, and I did, uh, they have a shelter for immigrants, a shelter for homeless. Mm -hmm. Then I helped the sister sometimes with uh, RCIA classes and things like that. Uh, but they also have like a squatters neighborhood, like people that have nothing. They just moved into a place of land and I did see not it. see a single no. house. As a matter of fact, that was very powerful for me because I lived in that area of Mexico for almost 18 years and I didn't know we had those mm -hmm. uh, places. Yeah, To me, there were somewhere else but not that close to home it's like a 30 minute drive from my house and i remember the first time i went into uh, this place uh, the uh, the one of the old ladies was very upset and concerned because i was there and and then the, all the kids were running and hiding and i was like okay i mean i didn't understand why i mean i had groceries and i had toys and i had clothes that people had donated and mm -hmm. Huh. But anyways, the, the lady told me that they had kidnapped some children uh, and, and nobody cares about that. You know, the oh, government, sure. the authorities, they don't care because these people are not important for oh, them. Sure. They thought you, you were know, and, they, and I said, well, that's good that you don't trust everybody, you know. But oh, then yeah. Yeah. we established a relationship and I visited them several times when I was doing ministry and... And it's, it's, it's powerful to see people in those conditions, especially yeah. so close mm -hmm. to home, mm -hmm. you know, so close to the States as well. You know? Yeah. Wow, right across the That's really powerful. And you did a lot. You did uh, some stuff because I was in Denver. I remember hearing about you doing like helping out a little bit when the hurricane, right? Hurricane Harvey, did you do? Yeah, some of the brothers, uh, Brandon mm -hmm. and uh, Donald. And myself during uh, Hurricane Harvey, Harvey hit Houston. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was in Houston whenever the hurricane hit. Mm -hmm. I left that day, that sun Sunday, I believe it was, uh -huh. and everything was flooded. Mm -hmm. It was like a massive ocean. Oh shit! Uh, I wasn't worried because I had my kayaks, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, still. And, uh, but yeah. it, it was sad to see everything underwater yeah. and, yeah. and for hours, you know, uh, uh, and. Uh, we, I got in contact with my parish, and uh, a lot of people in my parish lost everything. So oh, we sure. went back and helped. That's crazy. And also, whenever the earthquake in uh, Mexico, mm -hmm. uh, they sent several eighteen wheelers with uh, things, tools, and uh, groceries and things for Mexico. Yeah. So. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. that was my first trip to Houston. First and only trip to Houston. So. For real? Helping out? So you yeah, well, so we were there after all the water. Most of the water had receded, but the, like it was that time where people started to clean out their houses. So like all Gutting, along huh? the streets was just, yeah, Trapping carpets back. and just everything that was, yeah, mm. it looked like a 
like a war zone practically. Man, that's, that's dope. Yeah, I helped out a little bit a while back when the, uh, Katrina hit New really? Orleans. So we went out and helped, and yeah, that was me. I remember you were helping there. in New Orleans, or yeah, in New I was Orleans. helping in Houston too. Actually. Like that was yeah, I remember that having a big impact on even the vocation, you know, and the desire to serve, you know. Mm. So cool. yeah, it's it was powerful. Mm-hmm. So well, should we transition into like your Tell, tell us again what your local vocation, what? Con, He's contact, a vocation, regional con. vocation director. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. a contact. Yeah, so, so just to bring it back to where we started, where Brother Vinny mentioned that uh, last week was Vocation Awareness Week. Yeah. And Brother Alex is our regional vocation contact. So why don't you tell the people a little bit about what that means? Well, Basically, our province is in Colorado, uh, mostly in Colorado and Kansas, and and since we're here in Texas, we're getting a lot of inquiries uh, from guys in uh, in the Texas area. So uh, I make sure that I keep in contact with them, and and uh, we invite the guys to visit our friary or some events that we have. For instance, the ordination or mm-hmm. my solemn vows mm-hmm. or things like that, and. Basically, just uh, keep in contact with them so they can discern, they can visit, and, yeah. and, and see who we are, and see if this is where the Lord is calling them to be. Um, that's it. I mean, just yeah. being Very in nice. contact with them. Yeah. So, Alex's phone number, if you have his... <laughs> yeah, no, no, I can give my phone number, sure. I mean, if you... <laughs> If anybody's interested, uh, it's area code 720-595-1647, 720-595-1647, or they can visit our website, which is capuchins.org, and mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe we'll put your email at the bottom or something. Yeah. So. But yeah, and then, you know, maybe if there, if there are some of our listeners who may, may, may be filled like they're called to live the vocation through religious life, religious community, um, like what might be some ways that somebody can respond to that, like in your experience, based on, you know? Well, one of the things that I always recommend uh, the guys are interested is to get a spiritual director uh-huh. and be in contact with their pastor also in their parish because... I mean, eventually, if they move forward, I mean, they will get, they will need some recommendations. So it's important mm-hmm. that they're doing something in their local church. Uh, also, uh, to visit different communities. As much as we want mm-hmm. guys to join an order, we don't want everybody to join us. I mean, we want everybody to find their place, uh, their right. call. You know, if not mm-hmm. everybody is called to be a capuchin. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, some people are called to be diocesans or other religious uh, communities or married life. You know, we have a guy that was discerning with us and is getting married now, and we're very happy about him. And mm-hmm. and it's, it, it, that's part of our uh, ministry to help them find what the Lord is calling them to be. You know? Yeah. As again, I repeat, as much as we want a lot of capuchins, not <laughs> everybody's called to be a capuchin. Well said. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen, brother. That is good advice. That is good yes. advice, yeah. I what like if somebody that. doesn't know what a spiritual director is? What would you tell them about that relationship? Go to Alex, dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that that I have a funny one, bro. I, have, I, 
I ain't got to get me a spiritual director. No. Oh, that makes sense now. No <laughs> 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 wonder this guy. <laughs> no, a spiritual director, a director, basically someone that helps you uh, listen to God better. He won't mm. tell you what to do. And if, yeah. if he wants to tell you what to do, don't listen to him. But he will walk you and help True. you discern what the Lord is uh, asking from yeah. you. Yeah. Wow. Very That's important it. to have a spiritual yeah. director. Yeah. And it could be a priest or a deacon or even a lay person, you know. Yeah. Uh, so just ask your pastor. A lot of the priests are busy, so don't get discouraged because that happened to me. Like I asked several and they were like, oh, I'm too busy and I'm too busy. Mm -hmm. You know, but you will find one. Tell them to tell you who is available. Right. You know? mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. If you're too busy, who would you recommend? Yeah. Yeah. You know, not every priest is trained as a spiritual director True. either, yeah. and some lay people are. So, yeah, that could work out based on your situation. Very nice. All right, folks. So, I think we're going to wrap it up. So, thanks a lot, bro, for joining us. Thank you for having mm -hmm. me, and I, God bless everybody. Yeah. See you next time on The Brotherhood. So, yeah. Oh, and so just a few announcements. We're on Spotify now. So our viewers, if you prefer Spotify, look us up, The Brotherhood. Oh, snap, that rhymes. Though. Yeah. <laughs> look us up, The Brotherhood. Just a little bit, just a little bit yeah. And, uh, yeah, so just some quick shout-outs, you know, to Goose um, and Brother Brandon and Donald doing their diaconate this weekend. So, yeah, shout-out to our listeners and, yeah. Okay, guys. Well, have a good week. We'll see you guys next time on The Brotherhood. God bless. Pass again. Pass again.